welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast. I'm your host, Susan Spear. Our guest today is Margaret Hardy. She is the president of Sands Anderson. Margaret, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, and that's just one part of who Margaret is. Margaret is this is pretty cool. So Sands Anderson is a law firm that's pretty well established here in the state of Virginia. Uh, we're in the United States in Virginia, and your podcast, as you know, is coming at you from the Fredericksburg region, which is about an hour south of Washington, D.C. So Margaret has been involved with not only an attorney life, which she'll t probably talk to you a good deal about, but she's also a registered nurse. So she has quite an interesting story, but Margaret, before I, I let you tell us some more about you, I just want to give a little bit more of your background to our listeners so they know what an awesome person I'm sitting down with today. She's very uncomfortable with me telling you all how awesome she is, but trust me, she is. Um, here at the Chamber, she has been our legal counsel for at least 10 years, probably more. I should have done that math before you came over. But she's incredible here on our board of directors. She's also super involved in our community. Uh, she is currently also legal counsel at the Fredericksburg Regional Alliance, which is our economic development partner here in the region. She is on the board of trustees with Mary Washington Healthcare, and she's a proud alumni of, member of Leadership Fredericksburg. She was her class president just a couple of years ago. Margaret went to the University of Richmond, getting a BS there. Um, she also went to get her MBA at Old Dominion University, also in Virginia, and her JD at the College of William and Mary. She has a nursing diploma from Johnston Willis Hospital School of Nursing. All of these pieces, and then so much more. Um, I don't know why the leadership Fredericksburg one isn't right there on the same list everywhere. <laughs> She's smiling. Um, quite accomplished leader and, and just exceptional human being. So I'm delighted, again, that you're with us, Margaret. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dive in and tell us a little bit about your leadership journey. Well, I think, like a lot of people, it was not a straight journey. It was pretty circuitous. Um, as you indicated, I started out as a nurse, went to nursing school right out of high school, practiced as a nurse for about 15 years, uh, and before and during that time, got my undergraduate degree and my MBA, and then went to law school. Um, so I think my leadership journey is more uh, a journey of opportunity, uh, both that I recognized and that others recognized for me, um, and it ended uh, where I am now. So it was, a, it was a journey of both support and mentorship from others and uh, taking advantage of those opportunities that were presented to me. Well, yeah, opportunity is such a huge piece when you make decisions with your journey. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, um, knowing you as long as I have, and then also just seeing your professional journey, is how you've incorporated that expertise into what you do. Is that something you, you consciously chose, or, or how did you come about that as, as a leader, saying, you know, I do have this background and <clears throat> expertise with healthcare, and I'm making that part of what I do? I, I do think that was a big part of uh, who I am and what my journey has been. Um, I often say I practice law for a living, but I am a nurse. And I think that every healthcare provider feels that way. 
Um, I still, even though I haven't practiced in about 30 years now as a nurse, I still very much identify with that piece of myself. And a big part of my practice is representing healthcare providers. Um, and I know that, you know, everyone when they start practicing law realize very quickly they have no idea how to do it. You know, law school doesn't really prepare you very well for practice. So when I started out uh, in representing healthcare providers, it was so comforting when someone handed me a medical record because I thought, this I understand. Um, so it did become part of my journey, and it, uh, it has continued to be as I represent providers and, and uh, businesses in the community. Wonderful. When, when you were starting out and in school and all, it was the 80s, the 90s, such a different time. How would you describe perhaps the leader you are today and how different maybe, did you, I guess what I wanna say is, did you ever envision, Margaret, of, of today, back at that time, the leader you are today? Uh, no, De <laughs> definitely not. There, I, I often say that, you know, the, the question is often asked of people, where do you see yourself in five years? Yes. And I say, I would have gotten it wrong my entire life had I predicted the, the next five years. So, I mean, many, many things have changed. Um, I mean, from the healthcare side, healthcare is a different environment than when I practiced as a nurse. So there have been tremendous changes. But practicing law, when I started practicing, um, I didn't have email. We didn't have right. uh, an electronic records. Um, and now we're pretty much paperless. So it is, it, there's been tremendous changes over time. But uh, some things don't change. You know, the importance of having a good team, the importance of um, being collaborative. You know, so there are, there are themes and things that are important that don't change regardless of how the world changes around us. Yeah, and wouldn't you say, I think during that time frame, Maybe it's just me. Um, it, it didn't seem like there was as much emphasis on some of those, sometimes people call them soft. I don't call it soft, but things like that collaboration and teamwork and um, how important that, that group around you is. And today, folks are in coursework and reading and learning early, which is great, about the importance of working together and how to make that happen. Um, you, I call it kind of rough and tumble, like those 90s. Like, you, you had to figure it out, right? Yeah, I, I think that's true. And, and I'm going to show my bias here. I, I sort of think as there are more women in the workplace and in leadership positions, I think that uh, we tend to be collaborative. We tend to listen to others. Uh, I think that's the way we... That's the way we're raised. That's our expectations that society puts on us. And we, we benefit in many ways from that in the business community. So I think I agree. I think there are a lot of factors in that. One is definitely more women in leadership positions. I also think there is um, a different expectation about work-life balance, about autonomy, about individual um, goals and the importance of recognizing individuals as individuals. And I think all of that plays into the more collaborative nature and our expectations in the workplace. Definitely. Um, th thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. 
When you think about work-life balance, um, or in, in Leadership Fredericksburg, we refer to it a lot as um, work-family-self and how you break up those pieces. Um, recently, in our most recent class, somebody talked about, instead of using the term balance, they called it harmony. I thought that was pretty cool to go, okay, when am I in harmony where I'm in a phase where I have to do the most work or you know, more on, on life? So I'm sure you've shifted over time, but what, what are your real thoughts for, for yourself? Like, how do you balance it all? Well, I, I like the, the idea of it being in harmony. Um, you know, I think you can uh, have it all, but you can't have it all at one time. Uh, um, so it, it is a prioritization, you know, it's mm -hmm. determining what needs to happen when, um, and that's, that, I think that's more difficult early in one's career, um, when you're trying to establish, um, yourself, uh, as a leader or in the business world, uh, and it becomes, I don't know if I'd say easier, but it, you recognize more. Um, as you go along, the need to, you know, maybe compartmentalize a little bit or maybe uh, prioritize in a way that works. And, and every, everyone's different in the way it works. That is so true. Every, everyone is different. Their, their life journey is different. Their styles are different. Um, how, how would you describe specifically your, your leadership style today? Um. I believe that uh, I'm collaborative. I like working with a team. Um, I'm very much, uh, I very much value recognizing the, the contributions of others. Um, I think one of the most important things that I've learned over time is it's okay to say, I don't know. That's hard. That is hard to do, especially when you're starting out, regardless of, of what career you're in. Uh, but it is a, it's very freeing, for one thing, to say, I don't know, as long as you follow it up with, but I'll find out. Um, and recognizing that what's important is to be working with those who do know, knowing how to find the answer, and supporting those with that information, with that knowledge. Um, I think the most important thing that a leader can do is putting together the right team and rewarding that team for what they contribute. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely critical. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm really happy to not be the smartest person in the room, right? I, 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 I like having some of my smarts, don't get me wrong. But it, the times where I found myself being the main contributor of everything, boy, is it exhausting. You know, coming up with all of it. Yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm. What 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 is a characteristic, or if there's just one or two characteristics or qualities that you think um, are most critical for leaders to have? I think um, I think one of the most important certainly is being willing to listen, and not just to the people who work for you, who are on your team, but other colleagues. Um, and outside, um, outside voices, outside resources, whether it be your, um, your constituents, your um, customers, your clients, whatever that is, being able to listen and, 
and uh, value others' voices, I think, is very important. Mm, I, I agree with you. Now, has there been a mentor or an individual or two that have had a, a tremendous impact on your life? Uh, when I first began practicing law, I had a wonderful mentor at Sands Anderson, um, who unfortunately is no longer with us, Pierce Rucker. And Pierce was a bigger-than-life personality. Mm. He was physically tall, imposing. He was loud. He was a big personality. And uh, one of the most important things he said to me is, you have to find your own voice. It's not going to be my voice. And I still remember what a relief that was because I thought I can never, this isn't going to work for me trying to emulate this person. Um, so I think, you know, I've, I've thought about that often since then, that each of us have to find our own voice. And it may be different from others, um, but to be genuine and to find your own voice, I think is one of the most important things that we can do. So when you were first processing that, did you think, I don't know if I can do it? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I said, uh, when, when Pierce retired from the firm and we had a little gathering for him, I said to him, you know, you believed I could do this before I did. Um, and having that in a mentor or in a support system, um, it's invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And and for him, that might've just been a one day, just him thinking off the top of his head, right? But it had such an impact for you. Right. And he did that for others as well. Uh, he was he was just a great mentor. Well, so as you pay it forward, uh, what advice are you giving to either those younger folks on your team or somebody going into a leadership position? What advice would you give them? Well, I, I certainly think the same advice is, is important. Find your own voice. Um, you know, your path may be different than others. You can do things your own way and be just as successful. Um, it's important to, to see others' path, to see how others do it, but you have to find what fits for yourself. Well, I appreciate that. That's great. Finding, finding what fits for you and being, being comfortable with that voice. Uh, you know, when, when I became chamber president, it took me about four or five years before I put my picture of Mick Jagger <laughs> back up on the wall, right? Because I was so serious for so long, you know, when you're in the different phases of the journey, and I thought, oh, people won't like that, you know? And then it's like, wait, wait, no, that's really, you know, to, to your point of you carrying being a nurse, I'm a music major. So we carry all the pieces of our journey in our backpack, if you will. That's you know? true. I actually just thought about you recently, Susan, when I heard they're going on tour next I year. I know. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, you know, there's some professions where you go, okay, so he's 80. And you say, um, fine, you can still be <laughs> practicing, right? But dancing around and singing and all, it's pretty impressive. So, uh, but, the, you know, listeners for another time where you can go look it up if, if you, you don't even know who Mick Jagger or the Rolling Stones are, there's actually a great business story. And he did start out going to the London School of Economics. So, you know, and from an, his family, it was educators. So there's actually a lot of interesting stuff there that I find 
quite interesting. Somehow you always find a way to bring in the stuff. It's always relevant, it's, isn't it? It's either that or the, the Labrador Retrievers or something, you know. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things Margaret and I really have in common, we love animals, right? And I, I would love for you to share some of that. Um, well, I do love animals. I have a farm yes. in Caroline County uh, where I have eight goats. Uh, <laughs> <Love> and, <laughs> Angora goats, which is where mohair comes from. So I... They were just sheared a couple days ago, actually, um, and chickens and geese and one duck and uh, dogs and a, one cat. But wait, one duck? You need more. Well, that's kind of a sad story. Oh, oh I don't want to make you sad. <laughs> we'll come back to that in 2024. We'll get you happy again about the duck. <laughs> that's so, so awesome. Yeah, and, and you're really an advocate for the things you believe in, like like animals. So I, I really appreciate Appreciate that about you. Margaret has like a super calming presence, but yet she's just as strong and forceful as she can be. Tell me about the things that you enjoy. We're getting, to, we're, we're a couple days away, well, really a day away as we're recording from Thanksgiving um, and getting ready to just spend a little time in reflection on the things that we're grateful for, the things that, undoing maybe some of those things we love. What would you say on things you're grateful for and the things that you love? Um, well, I'm certainly grateful for the opportunities I've had uh, in life. I'm grateful for my education. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I've said before that if going to school paid better, that's what I'd do for a living. Uh, but, you know, at some point I had to actually work. Um, I, uh, I'm grateful for my husband. Um, and the support that he gives me. Um, and I'm grateful for uh, the passions I have outside of work, which I think are very important. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big knitter and weaver and all things fiber. Uh, and I think that, that it's important when we look at leadership or we look at our work or our careers, I think it's important to not forget to have a life outside of that. Um, and I'm grateful for all of those things. Uh, it's such a, a, a great picture that you paint. You know, I, I, I visualize you right there up in the suit being tough as nails in court or, you know, doing whatever you have to do uh, with, your <clears throat> with your profession. What is your favorite part, by the way, about, about work? Um, I, I actually, I like the variety. I mean, uh, uh, yes. Being a, you know, every day is different, and, and being a litigator, some days I am in court, other days I'm, you know, in front of the Board of Medicine, other days I'm just meeting with clients, uh, other days I'm writing, um, so I, I think That's probably awesome. the variety. Mm-hmm. That, that is awesome, and I don't, I don't know if everybody understands that about what you do, so I, I really like hearing that from you. Yeah, so anything good that you're reading or watching right now? Uh, I'm a big reader, um, and I I like just about everything. Right now, I'm reading a non- I read a lot of fiction and nonfiction. Um, right now, I'm reading a book called Hamlet by uh, Maggie O'Farrell, which is uh, a novel written during the plague, which doesn't sound like a rollicking good time, but <laughs> but it's it's very well written and. Uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from fiction, actually. Some people think, oh, they only read nonfiction, but 
you know, others' stories, um, we can benefit from those, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go back and reread a book? Not very often. Um, it's kind of like travel. I don't often travel to the same place twice. There's just so much to yeah. see and do and read that not usually. I used to do that a lot growing up. You know, maybe it was the variety, right? Mm-hmm. Everything wasn't just at your fingertips as like we're used to today. You know, so it'd be like, I think I'll read this book I like again or, or maybe go to the same movie twice. Wonderful. Um, there's just so much change and you have embraced it and remained um, a calming, positive presence that's just terrific to be around, Margaret. It's a joy to know you. Um, as, as we get ready to wrap this up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, that's a big question. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, you know, I appreciate Susan, the opportunity to do this. I appreciate the, the chamber and, and its role in the community, um, and the opportunities it provides both in leadership Fredericksburg, which was a wonderful program that really, um, was an introduction for me to much of what is in the community, the leaders and the organizations. Um, so I just thank you for, for asking me to do this. Well, terrific. It's, it's been great to sit down with you for a few minutes here today. Um, one of my biggest takeaways from listening to you is talking about uh, you've had a journey of opportunities, a little bit about work-life balance and finding your harmony, finding your own voice finding your own voice, using your voice, being comfortable with your own voice. And then the discovery of every day is different. And that is, that is really why I, how I continue to enjoy what I do. So I thank you for that. Uh, she practices law for a living and she is a nurse at heart. So those are, those are really great takeaways. Uh, we thank you to our listeners for spending time with us today. I'm Susan Spears, and our guest again today was Margaret Hardy, the president of Sands Anderson. If you have not already liked or subscribed to the Chamber's Leader to Leader podcast, please go ahead and do so. We would love to have you for more episodes as you get to know the leaders here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. Thank you. See you next time.